Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the April 30th edition of The Rundown. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski, Michaela Perkins, producing as always. And we are going to start in the NFL. How about this story by Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus? You can find it on ESPN+. He's looking at 10 underrated picks from the NFL draft who could turn into gems. It's called 2020 NFL Draft Steals. So he lists 10 guys here. Number two on the list, and he doesn't necessarily rank them in order of of who the bigger steal is, but I do think the order he has them in is important, and I'll get to that in a second. Number two on the list is Arizona Cardinals offensive tackle from Houston, Josh Jones, who, of course, they got with the 72nd pick in the draft. And Pro Football Focus was a place that had him ranked in the teens heading into the draft. CBS Sports uh, had him 17th overall. They had Josh Jones, and the Cardinals got him at number 72 in the draft. The reason I say the ranking or the list, the order of these uh, names on this list is important is if you're telling me a guy is a potential big steal with the 72nd pick in the draft, so early third round, I'm hearing you say this guy could return first round talent. So Renner has the 10 names on this list and he just puts them in order of where they were actually picked in the draft. The only name he has on this list higher is Julian Aquara, the edge rusher from Notre Dame, who went to Detroit at pick 67. So most of these other guys are like Adam Trotman went 105 overall, the tight end out of Dayton to New Orleans. Some of these guys, you know, are Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota, going to the Buccaneers at 161. To me, when you're talking about a guy, Jawan Jennings to the 49ers at 217, when you're talking about a guy that is a potential steal at 217, you're telling me, okay, we, we might get something out of this guy. He might be our number four receiver or something in the case of Jawan Jennings. You know what I mean? We might, we might get third or fourth round talent on a guy we took in the sixth or seventh round. But again, when you're telling me you got a guy in the third round who a place like Pro Football Focus definitely had projected as a first rounder, that's, that's the sort of steal that can really change things. And let me just read a couple of the quotes from the story. Quote, we've never seen a better non-Power 5 tackle at Pro Football Focus. Seriously, his 93.4 overall grade last season shattered the previous PFF record, and he allowed all of two pressures for the entire season. Teams chased offensive tackles with more perceived upside early in the draft but Jones simply dominated every player he faced last season. Unquote. There's more. You can go read the story if you want. But, I mean, that's those are some strong words. That's not, oh, the Cardinals took a guy in the fifth, and we think he could be third-round value. No, no. They're saying he got the best grade for a non-Power 5 tackle at Pro Football Focus ever. That's, uh, That's pretty high praise. Josh Jones uh, was on, actually, with Doug and Wolf this morning. And, you know, he was a guy that, look, it it works this way, right? If you're a team or you're a fan base and you think, hey, we got to steal. Well, the flip side is that guy on draft night probably thought he was going in the first round. And instead, all of a sudden, it may work out better for him. But it was probably a pretty tough evening 
on Thursday of last week, and and certainly even the first part of Friday as well as he as he fell through the first and second rounds. But he had this to say about getting drafted later than expected. Uh, man, I mean, you hit it head on, man. I, I sat there for you know, longer than what I thought, you know, going into the draft, man. And, you know, I saw the guy come off the board, and, you know, and, you know, that weight just, you know, sits on your shoulders. That's why I feel like I was so emotional um, when I got drafted, man. You know, I, I was just so surprised and shocked that I was, you know, I went that low. I mean, you know, we had a lot of good guys in this draft. We had a lot of great players, you know, get drafted. But, you know, I, I think I'm, you know, one of the best players in this draft, man. I'm definitely using that motivation. Um, you know, make sure that 31 teams miss out on a good player. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody, to get to this level, you feel like you're the best player in the draft or you feel like you're a top 10 player in the draft, even if you go with pick 187 or something. But Jones is a guy that was being ranked among the very top offensive linemen in this draft going into it, and we still don't really know why he fell. As far as where he fits with the Cardinals, Doug and Wolf asked him if he's been told if he's going to be playing left tackle or right tackle. Well, as of right now, uh, man, it's, it's either or left or right tackle. Um, I played left all the way out college, um, but, uh, you know, I, I let them know that I'm able to switch over to, to right. Um, I've been taking, you know, practice sets at it. You know, I've trained both sides. So wherever they decide to put me at, you know, um, you know I'm going to try to perform my best at it. Um, you know, wherever they see best fit, I just want to be able to, you know, get out there on the field and showcase my skills. And, of course, Josh Jones is another one of those guys that was recruited by Cliff Kingsbury out of high school to Texas Tech. Didn't end up going to Texas Tech. Played, though, at Houston at least, so there's a somewhat similar offense to what uh, Kingsbury was running at Texas Tech, and now he's reunited with Cliff at the NFL level. Man, I'm happy, man. That's my guy, man. I was, I'm happy, you know, they, they was able to pull the trigger on me. Um, you know, go, uh, going through high school, you know, he offered me while he was at Texas Tech. Uh, and actually, I was going to take my, my Texas Tech visit, but um, Coach uh, Herman uh, drove to my house with eight coaches the night, uh, the night before, um, you know, and then, you know, and then I ended up going to University of Houston. But he, you know, I took an unofficial visit up there. I met him before. Um, we always had a great relationship, so I was just happy he was able to pull the trigger on me. And I'm at the, um I'm actually going to be able to uh, play for him. So. Yeah, and one more from Josh Jones, who had media availability today as well. He was asked about the guy he's going to be protecting, Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's from Allen, man, and all you hear, man, is just a legend up there, man. He didn't. I don't think he lost one game. Um, went to every, you know, state playoff, state championship, man, and I just know he's a winner, man. He goes up there to win each and every game. He performs at such a high level, so – you know, he was kind of like a myth and a legend down there uh, in Texas. We used to turn on his highlight tape. It looked absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just watched him, you know, come out in our class. Man, I know he was like top, the top, top player in our class. So he was, he, was, he was really an incredible player for sure. Sticking with the Cardinals here since we're doing a fast show today, Eno Benjamin. Uh, he had media availability yesterday. He was on with Burns and Gambo, and he was naturally asked, what was it like waiting all the way till the seventh round? And that was sort of the theme here for the Cardinals before I, I play the clip here. The theme to this draft was they may have gotten quite a few steals. Like Renner's list there is just looking at 10, 10 specific players that he feels like probably went way too late in the draft. But you could make a case that Isaiah Simmons shouldn't have been there at eight. I, I would absolutely make that case if you're just going off raw talent. I've seen him as high as number two on some lists uh, heading into the draft. And just watching him play, he doesn't seem like the eighth best player in the draft. But again, he's not a quarterback. Certain teams have certain needs at the top of the uh, the draft. And if you need a quarterback, you, we know it here firsthand. You have to draft one. 
So the Cardinals benefited from that. Josh Jones certainly has the potential to be a huge steal. Maybe the biggest steal out of anybody the Cardinals got. Maybe the biggest steal in the draft just because of where you got him. But Eno Benjamin dropping all the way to the seventh round. If he just plays in the NFL, if he just has a career that that lasts a couple years, even if he is the third string running back on the Cardinals for the next three or four years, I mean, that's worth a seventh round pick. I still like his upside. Like I've said, he's he's the best ASU running back I've seen in a while, at least in terms of a game that should translate to the NFL level. Now, they used him a lot at ASU. I mean, they really they really ran him into the ground the last two years because when I mean, Herm has said he will ride his running backs as far as they can, they can take him. He did it in the NFL with Curtis Martin and some of the other guys, Larry Johnson, certainly. I mean, you're talking about guys that got a lot of carries at the NFL level when Herm was their coach. Eno kind of got that at the college level. He got that experience with Herm as his coach, but he shouldn't have been there in the seventh round. And he was asked, what was it like sitting there through the first six and a half rounds? Um, I think it's just one of those nerve-wracking things that everyone um, who has the opportunity um, to go through that process has to deal with. Um, and so, obviously, mine was a, a little bit long, a lot longer, or a lot longer than expected. Um, but I'm really just, uh, like I said, thankful and blessed to have the opportunity um, to get to, uh, the opportunity to play the sport that I love so much. Yeah, I mean, it's just human nature. Like he knew he wasn't going in the first round of this draft. A lot of projections had him going like late third, early to mid fourth. But again, put yourself in that competitive mindset. You're being told you're going late third, early fourth round. Two years ago, you were one of the best running backs in the nation. Probably the second best running back in the nation. Certainly top three. Jonathan Taylor, you got to give him the nod. But still, Eno Benjamin was right there two years ago. Last year, running behind a very inexperienced offensive line. Didn't put up the same numbers, but still had some big games, especially late in the year. So if you're in that competitive mindset and you've done that and you were dominant at the high school level, like all these guys are, and you were really, really good in college, dominant one year and then really good last year still, and you're hearing you're going to go late third, early to mid fourth, let's be real. By the second round, you're paying attention. Like, I don't think he was sitting there during the first round on Thursday night thinking, hey, maybe some team's going to take a flyer on me. That, That was unrealistic. Even if you are the actual person and you have that competitive mindset. But you know, Eno was at least looking late second round to see, okay, maybe this team needs a running back and some of these guys are off the board. And there was quite a few lists that had him as like the fifth running back heading into this draft, fifth or sixth. And he ended up going much later than that, just within the position even. So it's not like he sat there through the whole first round and had that anxiety building up. He probably didn't look really closely and expect to be drafted until the third, but still to drop all the way to the seventh, It might work out better for him, though. He was asked why he feels like he's a good fit in Arizona. I would say the people that's there on staff and just the offense that's being ran, um, I think that it fits perfectly um, into the style of football that I play, um, and um, and I'm comfortable in it. They also, uh, this was his media availability. Those first two cuts were from Burns and Gambo, but his media availability, he was asked if he has any regrets or second guesses about coming out a year early because of where he was ultimately drafted. Do I think back about my decision as far as coming out? Um, No, sir. Um, At the end of the day, um, I I understand that football is one day going to be over. Um, And knowing a guy as far as my uh, shelf life um, at my position, I know it doesn't last long. Um, 
And however, uh, however long football lasts me, hopefully next 10, 15 years, um, I have a degree in my back pocket. Um, and I'm, really, I'm willing to step out there um, and I'll be ready to conquer the real world. Tough to fault a running back for coming out early, even if you're an ASU fan. If you're an ASU fan, you can look at Remy Martin or really Romello White or Alonzo Verge, who's apparently <laughs> testing the uh, NBA market as well. You can look at them and say, like, hey, what are you doing? Maybe not Remy even because he's coming off his best his you know career year. He almost won Pac-12 Player of the Year. But those other guys, you can say, okay, what are you doing coming out early? You know, with Eno, he, he's probably coming out, ironically, when his stock is going to be its lowest because two years ago he was great. And if he had stayed one more year, he's probably not putting up the season he put up two years ago but he's probably putting up better numbers than he put up this past season because the offensive line, just by the laws of science, they're going to be more experienced. They should be better. Now, the flip side, he didn't really address that there in the in the question, but the flip side is we don't know what's going on with college football this upcoming season. So I don't think you can regret it, even if you did drop to the seventh round. You're playing for a team that has an opening at the running back position. So if Eno's as good as he thinks he is, and a lot of people think he is, and, and I'm one of them, then he'll just earn his way onto this team anyway. It's not like he was ever going to be a first or a second round pick, even if he came back for one more year. And again, there's that extra risk of for any of these guys. If they had come back one more year this particular year, and there's no way they could have known this at the time, but if you came back hoping to really raise your stock next season, we don't know if there's going to be a college football season next season, or we at least don't know when it's going to be. I think maybe that's the better way to put it. Like, I'm remaining optimistic there is going to be one, and that it's going to start in September like normal, or late August like normal. But just based on what we're hearing, I'm a lot more confident that the NFL season is going to start on time than college football. And if college football gets pushed back to October or November, or if they really do go through with what they were talking about a couple weeks ago and, and start the college football season essentially after the NFL season, that's really going to throw a monkey wrench into how teams draft and how prospects prepare for the draft. So all things considered, if you're Eno Benjamin, yeah, you'd like to be a third or a fourth round pick. You ended up on a team, though, that's going to have a pretty fun offense and has an opening at running back, even if it's third string. He may just have to beat out DJ Foster to become the third string guy. But it, Chase Edmonds has looked really good. I'm a big I'm a big Chase Edmonds fan. I like his attitude too. But he hasn't proven that he's you know a, a legitimate number one running back at the NFL level. And maybe Eno's never that guy either. But both of those guys have a potential opportunity because Kenyon Drake is only signed for this year. And as much as I like Kenyon Drake, and I really like the Cardinals backfield top to bottom now, Kenyon Drake had like three great games. They were great games. That's pretty much it. So he's got something to prove this year as well. But yeah, as, as far as if you're Eno and, and you, you second guess whether or not you should have declared for the draft this year, I, I don't think there's there's any reason to do that. You know, uh, maybe maybe when you're sitting there on Friday night and Saturday morning watching all these other teams take running backs, maybe you have that thought, but not now. Not now that you have been drafted by a team and you have a path in front of you and you have control over whether or not you uh, you are able to have an NFL career. One more uh, cut from Eno. He was asked by Burns and Gambo about Brandon Ayuk, his teammate, being drafted not only as a first-rounder, but being drafted to the rival 49ers. Um, yes, I, I did have the opportunity to speak to uh, B.A., is what we call him. And what did he say? 
Um, he was just excited as well. Um, he was very happy. Um, I had a feeling, and I knew exactly when the 49ers traded up, they were going to go get B.A. Because uh, those are little things that we were talking about just throughout the process. Um, and so um, he had a feeling, I mean, and I had a feeling. And so it was great to see that come through um, and see that come um, into fruition. Um, and just knowing how much he wanted to be great, um, knowing that people always compared him to Nikhil, and he just wanted to be great and be great. And so just kind of seeing him go ahead um, and get that first round, um, uh, get drafted in the first round, uh, uh, is an amazing thing, and I'm so happy for him. How great would it be if that turned out to be a rivalry here in the, in the next three, four, five years? Not only the Cardinals facing off with the Niners for first place in the NFC West, because let's be real here, that's the team you're going to have to go through whenever you want to try and win the division. But also Eno Benjamin and Brandon Ayuk, two pretty fun players when they're playing at their peak. Those two being you know, big players in the rivalry. Maybe not being right at the center of it, but they could be they could be pretty big contributors. So we'll see. I mean, the 49ers obviously needed a receiver, and they got, I think, a pretty good one in Ayuk. And, and I don't know, watching ASU football closely for a while now, having gone to school there, at the college level, I still think Nikhil was a better receiver. I just think he was. I think he could make catches that I really haven't seen a lot of college players in the Pac-12 be able to make. But I've heard from enough people now around the program, around college football, and around the NFL game that feel Ayuk is a better NFL prospect than Nikhil Harry. So we'll see. We'll see. It's tough, right? It's tough to root against Ayuk, but I don't want the 49ers getting any more help because they already almost just won the Super Bowl last year. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on ArizonaSports.com.